Hey everyone, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these types of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, this is your host Josh Baker with the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Derek Pivko. He is currently looking to attend law school to study cybersecurity and data privacy law. He contributed, uh, he contributes his 360 uh, from being a prison guard to a college grad uh, to a particular inmate that he worked with during his time at the prison. So Derek, thanks for coming on. I look forward to hearing your thoughts for uh, you to share with us today. So we're going to dive right into here with the first question I have for you. And I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this because I've seen your bio and all that. And that's uh, how has valuable conversations impacted you? Uh, thank you so much for having me this afternoon as well. Uh, prior to that introduction as well, I have to, a little minor change with that. I was a I worked in county corrections. I was not a prison officer. There's a difference between uh, jail and prison. I worked in the county compared to a uh, prison, so I was a uh, I was a jail corrections officer, not a prison guard. Okay, yeah, thank you for that, uh, clearing that up for uh, everyone here on the audience. So I'm going to kind of ask you a question here, and that's uh, how has valuable conversations uh, impacted you in your life? Conversations like the one that you and I are having, they're, they're very meaningful. And the interesting thing about conversation is you never know the power of influence you're going to have when you're talking to somebody. All you know is you might be talking to somebody and someone may interpret the conversation another way and saying, hey, I like what they said and I want to go do what they're doing. Lo and behold, that was never the intent of the conversation. I've had plenty of those and without one of the conversations that I had a few years ago, I wouldn't be 118 days away from graduating with my degree in cybersecurity. Not that I'm keeping track of the days or anything. Okay. I, I like that you share that. So can you kind of give us some more uh, details on the story that you mentioned that you have there that uh, kind of changed your life and how the conversation you had there? Oh, absolutely. In 2015, I can't believe we're talking that long ago. It feels like it was just yesterday. But back in the day, we had a year called 2015. And I got hired by the uh, county sheriff's office to be a correction officer. One thing about me is I have an associate's in journalism and a bachelor's in communications already. One thing I always do is my research. Prior to going in, going into working as a correction officer, I knew a good majority of who the inmates were based on their stories. However, when I got into the facility, I got to learn the person behind the story. And one of the people that I got to know very well was a gentleman named Clark Fredericks. Clark Fredericks is now a very good friend of mine. We talk on a regular basis. I think the last time I talked to him was about two weeks ago. Might have been further, but the thing about my conversation is when I talked to somebody, it might have been three weeks ago, but I felt like it was just yesterday for me. And this one inmate was uh, very special in, in multiple ways. The reason why I say that is he made the biggest impact on me out of anybody. And for someone to think that a inmate to make a life-changing uh, game plan on my life of, of anybody, me being a correction officer... I don't think a lot of people would understand that. So therefore, I have a couple of uh, reasons behind that. Clark Fredericks had a national case going on with him. Back a few years ago at Penn State, we had the Jerry Sandusky trial investigation going on. And his case was very similar to what happened at, at Penn State. Uh, lo and behold, one night in June, 
Clark Federick was uh, doing things to his body. He was drinking. He was experimenting with drugs. And he opened up to one of his uh, friends and said, hey, this is what happened to me. And he just went on a downward spiral after that. His friend said, hey, you got to do something about this. And Clark agreed with him. Lo and behold, I, the person that was attacking him when he was a kid was his Boy Scout leader. And he, he was also his neighbor right down the street as well. So what Clark did that night was he made a plan. He stabbed his former Boy Scout leader and neighbor. He was a The, the uh, Boy Scout leader was also a lieutenant at the uh, sheriff's office that I worked at. Granted, this was a long time ago before I was even considered to be working there. Can't remember when uh, when the individual worked there or, or retired, but lo and behold, when Clark was at the jail, I listened to him. One day he came up to me, he said, "Hey, Derek, not for nothing, but you're too good of a guy to be working here. What are you doing with these clowns? Clowns being the inmates." That was his words, not not mine. And he kind of kind of fumbled my words a little bit. It's like, "What do you mean?" I knew exactly what he meant. He knew that I shouldn't be working in this facility. He knew I had good nature and I wasn't like the other correction officers. Not saying that the correction officers were bad people, but there was a little difference between them and me. And he knew right away that this wasn't my area, even though I wanted to make improvements. Clark ultimately uh, was sentenced to prison and he finished his term. He got out early. And when he came out, everything that he said that he wanted to do while working, while being in the jail, he did. He wanted to become a victim's advocate. He's done that. He wanted to become a motivational motivational speaker. He's doing that right now. And he wants to uh, publish a book that's in the process right now. A little before uh, COVID happened back in 2020 last year, he spoke at Kennedy High School, which is his high school where he graduated from. It's probably about 20 minutes from where I'm standing right now. And he gave a, a, a long conversation at his, in his auditorium. Auditorium in a high school, you're probably talking about 400 people. You could hear a pin drop in that room. And the way that Clark spoke about the night when he uh, murdered his uh, former uh, Boy Scout leader, it was uh, a life-changing experience for me. The way he said something, I'll give you an example. When the state police came over to investigate the investigation, they uncovered horrible, horrific images on the Boy Scout leader's computer involving children. The way that Clark said that, something clicked in me. And I said, hey, this is interesting. Um, State police has the ability to do digital forensics, and I had no idea about that. At the same time, when my mind was thinking that, I was a few months away from paying off my student loan. I paid off my student loan back on Good Friday last year, so I have an alternative meeting for what Good Friday means. But And then all of a sudden, I said, hey, it's, this is clicking my mind. And I sent Clark a message the very next day. I said, hey, Clark. Your conversation, I knew I knew your conversation very well. I know your stories. I heard you spoke at another university prior to this, but the way you spoke about the uh, state police uncovering this digital evidence, something clicked in my mind saying, hey, I can do this as a civilian. And the very next day, I started researching schools for cybersecurity. And if it wasn't for Clark, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I owe my new career when I graduate in 118 days to an inmate. How many, how many other people can say that? That that's oh I I love that story that 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 has a lot to contribute and I think a lot to learn from there as well and I you know as I was glancing over uh, your profile I, I I'm now more interested to hear uh, your answer to this question and that is why is it good to value your bad influences Okay so this is actually a different story involving a bad influence prior to uh, you and I picking up this conversation today 
right before uh, you and I started talking, I was doing research on this conversation because I knew this question was going to come up. And this goes over the conversation in reference to friendship. Back in that, back in uh, 2015, 2016 time as well, I had used to have this friend, uh, keyword being used to. Uh, prior to that, he was very good to me. And I, I would reach out to him every once in a while, just check in. I realized that over time, he didn't have a lot of friends. And I realized why this happened. I, I, for my personal protection, I am not going to give out his name. I'm going to uh, carve out the story to the best of my ability without referencing his name. So about this guy, he ran a message board. I went to a, a big university out, out west. And what it was was it kind of made you feel like you were back out, out in school, getting every station saying, hey, this recruit's coming to university. He's committing. This is what's going on. This is where coach is this weekend. And I was really inquisitive about to what's going on with my college. I mean, I was still paying my student loans, so I might as well say, what else is going on out west? So he was very good to us. He's good to a group of us. Towards the tail end, he started to come a little bit different. He was starting to uh, re reach out to people. For example, he became paranoid of his information being shared online with other message boards, including people from the uh, university media. He would call... I'll give you a story involving one of the one of these uh, individuals that's not not my friend. My friend was a substitute teacher out out west, and uh, he ran a rival message board out there. And this guy posted an information. Then within an hour, my friend posted that a very similar story. And this guy went postal. He tried calling the school, saying, "Hey, this guy's on uh on your computers posting information that you shouldn't." That someone shouldn't be doing. He should be teaching the kids out. He shouldn't be shouldn't be posting information. He's a teacher right now. What's he doing? Get rid of him. And lo and behold, uh, when he called the person thirty times, I'm not making it up when I say thirty, but uh, he accidentally called his wife. Lo and behold, it became a restraining order. Uh, it's a. I literally had to look up the entire story. I, I can give this is this is like a full day conversation. I'm giving you the elevator pitch from this guy, but um. I was good to, he was very good to me, but I was starting to see the red lights pop up saying, I should start distancing myself from this guy. And I didn't, that was my mistake. And maybe it was like the deer in headlight look and saying, Hey, I'll say good to this guy. I'll say quiet. Nothing's going to happen. And then started seeing some other signs. And uh, September of 2016, I actually went out to visit this guy. And at that time, I'd never been to Vegas in my life. I've been out there two other times prior to after that, but when I flew out there, he picked me up from the airport and he said, hey, nothing, nothing. Uh, this is going to be the last time you're going to hear from me. Uh, there's a lot of things going on and I don't want you to get involved. You're too good of a person to be dealing with me. And one thing that I actually wrote down because I didn't want to forget was the last thing I ever had, the last conversation I had with this guy, he shook my hand and said, hey, there's not a lot of people like you. I appreciate you flying all the way out here and flying out from New Jersey to Las Vegas just to meet with me, spend, I think I spent like four hours with this individual just talking. And at the end of the day, I say, Hey, you got to get away from me. There's going to be a lot of legal consequences involving me real soon. And I don't want to ruin your life because of, because of being associated with me. So the guy was very manipulative, but at the same time, I learned so much about this guy. I mean, working corrections, working with being close friends with this guy really changed your mind and say, who are these people? And saying, wow, I made a couple of mistakes with uh, with these people, but or with this with this former friend of mine. But at the same time, it became like addition through subtraction. 
without this bad influence in my life, I would have missed out on some great people. One of my uh, close friends, actually, I was in his wedding party. I was introduced because of being on that website with this guy. I've been to Madison Square Garden, seeing my college play a few times with people from that message board as well. I mean, there is not a day that goes by where I don't think about the guy, but I don't talk about him as in depth as I did. Reason why we don't go in depth with this guy was the day that the message board was shut down, he faked his death. Oh. And he basically posted something on Instagram saying, RIP forever in our hearts. And a group of us were thinking around saying, hey, you guys want to donate 60 bucks and uh, write an obituary on this guy. But at the same time, we thought about the legal consequences on this guy not being dead. But at the end of the day, we said, forget about it. But I mean, we think about it now, we laugh about it. I mean, I'm smirking right now <laughs> just thinking about it. But same time, it's just, there's no shortage of crazies anywhere. And unfortunately, I was manipulated by someone who I thought, you know, I know he was a little bit crazy, but he really was crazy. Yeah, I, I like that you, uh, uh, the story that you told here, I think it actually brings up, you, you seem like a really nice guy. You really like to listen to people. And this is something I've actually been really big on just in my life lately has been something where I want to uh, bring in more listening into the conversation. Like I want to listen to other people because I've found that when I listen, whether if 99% of the things they say is just total, like just crap and it doesn't like make sense or it's just lies or whatever, there's still that 1% chance that they're actually telling something really, really valuable. And I mean, that's kind of like the basis of what I run this show on is I want people like I want to show the world like, look, if you just listen to people, then they're going to say something that's very intelligent. And they're going to say something that no one else in this world that's unique to this world. Because I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is unique, and everyone has something special to share with this world. And that's kind of, uh, you know, the premise, I love that you're touching on that. But I, it kind of leads me into this question that I want to ask you, and that's uh, how has listening, rather than uh, speaking with other individuals, uh, helped you and progressed you in your career? As my English professor at County College once said, let the silence sing. Professor Bernard Bamba, one of my favorite professors in college, and it took me a while to understand what that meant. My uh, English professor was a, a poet, and I found out about it, and I said, hey, Last day of class, I, I read your I read your book. Do you mind signing this for me? And he he said, yeah, absolutely. He wrote the words, let the silence sing. Bernard Bamba, I still have that book to this day. Listening is an art. Some people think they're good at it, but at the end of the day, most people are not. When someone's listening, sometimes people are already thinking of what they're going to say next. Unfortunately, I'm guilty of that. But at the same time, I have to fall back. And there's a reason why someone's coming to you. There's a reason why someone's approaching you. You never know what's going on through someone's mind said, hey, I need five minutes with you. That five minutes can be a lifetime for somebody. Listening is listening. Is listening. You have to pay attention to what others are saying because you, know, you never know what someone's really going through. And at the same day, at the same time, when you're listening to someone, you're going to learn something through them as well. Yeah, this, this reminds me of actually of this one book I read. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. And it's The Seven uh, Habits of Highly Successful People. And it, it brings up the one habit where it's like, seek first to understand and then be understood. And I think that right there is, I mean, obviously this book's just world renowned, but it's like, I think that habit is one of the most important because 
it fosters those relationships with other people and it really just builds that trust with another person and really like they they feel comfortable talking with you and they feel comfortable sharing things with you and also like i think everyone needs that safe space to share their dreams and goals because the world's not going to be nice to those dreams and goals because they're going to say yeah no you can't do that you have to do this and this like they're thinking they're helping but most of the time it's just them saying no you can't do it and it almost takes a person to look at it from this perspective and say hey I, I you're gonna have to ignore that crowd but to have someone to trust and share your dreams and goals with is so valuable and I, I definitely look for that in my life as well so I I, I think this leads into something uh, another question and I, I I'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts on this and it's uh why is friendship the most complicated word in the English language? I knew you were going to ask that question, actually. While listening to you, I knew what where you're going with this question. So that's a very complicated question. The reason why I asked that, or the reason why you're asking that, is you want my definition. However, if you get my definition on friendship, I'm going to ask my coworker who's literally right upstairs right now, and she's going to say, well, this is my definition of friendship. And if you ask my coworker right across from where I am, saying, hey, this is my definition. Every definition is different. Why is that? Because we can't understand what friendship really is. Friendship is a undefined definition. I mean, I'm sure it's in the English uh, Webster Dictionary. I haven't looked at the Webster Dictionary since I was like in fifth grade. I'm, I mean, dictionary.com all the way. But um, why is friendship difficult? Because every day you learn something new about yourself and you learn something new about others. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, one of my friends is diagnosed with brain cancer this past year, or was it, might have been 2020. No, we're still in 2021, so and I lost track of the years. But um, with that, uh, he made an announcement and said, hey, this is what's going on. A group of us got together and we said, hey, we got to do something for this guy. His name's Chris. I have his permission to talk about him. And what we did was quietly is we gathered resources for him saying, hey, this is what's going on with this guy. The type of brain cancer that he has, it's very rare and it doesn't have a long life expectancy. And he was a very good friend of mine. He, or still, he is a very good friend of mine, actually, I should say. I actually just got a text message from him about 30 minutes ago. So getting a message from him always lightens up your day. You can have the worst day of your life. All of a sudden you get a message from this guy. I'm like, all right, my day's great. So um, what we ended up doing with this guy is... Um, Group of us saying, hey, can we donate money? Who can organize this and say, hey, I'll take care of this for me. What do you got? At the end of the day, I think we organized about $3,100 for this uh, individual who lives out in Utah. He used that, that resources for a few things. He was able to uh, get a deposit on a new apartment. He was able to get a new mattress. And at the end of the day, he knew nothing about this either. I called him. I was actually about maybe about 100 feet from where I was having a conversation with him on this phone and he said I'm like hey chris what's going on we're just having a normal conversation once again he had no idea what i was why i was calling him and say hey chris um what are you up to right now i was like i'm oh, just sitting down I'm like sit down for a little bit more he's like why so i said hey i just want to let you know a group of us uh we started doing a few things and we put money together and we raised thirty one hundred dollars for you that money is for for your well-doing whatever you want to do with it and I mean, up and up, $3,100 is, is a lot of money, especially when you're going through with medical bills and other treatments, stuff that I can't understand because fortunately, I haven't really had any medical conditions like that or anything really physical going on with me in my life, thankfully. But, and that, that meant the world to him. And 
just talking to him, just thinking about that story. It's one of my success stories of this year as well, just saying, hey, I impacted somebody's life because, you know, I care about others. I listened to what was going on with him and said, hey, we got to do something about this. When you're listening, you're coming up with ideas and said, hey, the reason why Chris is talking to me right now is he may not be saying this, but I think he's asking for help and he doesn't know how to share it. So when Chris talked to me like a few weeks prior to even us putting this all together, he says, hey, we got to help this guy. Uh, Chris is actually a, a big gymnastics fan. And I literally just thought about this. I haven't thought about this in a while. You know what Cameo is? Uh, I do not. All right. So Cameo is kind of like a video package where you can send out a request to uh, athletes, actors, famous people, whatnot. Uh, Chris was very big of the 1996 uh, Olympic team for gymnastics. A lady named Shannon Miller. Shannon Miller, Christopher Miller, spoiler alert, but not related. This happened to have the same last name. Apparently Miller is very common. I don't have a common last name, so I can't relate to that. But I sent I sent a message out to her saying, "Hey, Shannon, this is my friend Chris. I I knew Shannon would be very good. Would be the perfect person to reach out to him. Uh, Shannon is also a cancer survivor as well. So when she wrote that, when she uh, did a video, you know, it wasn't it was fifty bucks, but um, that fifty dollars with her message, I think it was like a three minute video. Before I send that to out to Chris, I sent to everyone in the chat and. And I have people in that group, like in their 40s or 50s, adults, males, and they started crying. They said, hey, I didn't know what we were getting into with this video, but um, he definitely needs to watch this video. And I sent him a message warming him up saying, hey, Chris, how's your day going? He's like, ah, it's another day. He's like, I understand. He's like, what are you up to? He's like, ah, sitting down. I'm like, wow, every time I talk to you, you're sitting down. So um, I got you another gift. And he's like, you just gave me $3,100. What else can you get me? I sent him this link and within 10 minutes, he, he's calling me crying. I'm getting emotional. He's thinking about it. But saying, I had no idea what friendship really can do for somebody. And just hearing that, it's just, I mean, it melts my heart just thinking about it because friendship is so complicated and you never know when you're going to need somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm the, a lot of people call me their best friend and I take that as an honor because not everyone can be someone's best friend. And I got probably about four people saying, Derek, you're my best friend. I take that as a compliment because some people don't have a best friend. And I got plenty of people in my life that call me that. And it's an honor. I, I, I like the story you told there because I actually can relate to a lot of it. Uh, I, my mother, just for reference here, she has cancer as well, colon cancer. And, uh, you know, we're doing, you know, dealing with that and as a family. And the amount of support that I've seen come in from other people has been remarkable. It's just like when someone is really just hurting, like to see who shows up is just, it's amazing. Cause I, I mean, I, I live in Utah and there is this culture here where, uh, I, I mean, you're, you're not in here and you, you know what the culture is about. I mean, I've been yeah, there. There, there, there's this stereotypes type of thing. I, uh, I was amazed of who showed up. I mean, these people that kind of like stand for, uh, oh, service and, helping others some of them like they were my friends like they're friends with my mom then all of a sudden like they kind of pulled back and I I, I got talked with my mom one day and I was just like hey why, why do you think this happened because it's almost some of these non-members that are helping out you more and she's like well I think it's just one I mean I can't judge these guys one it might be that they just don't know what to say and they just they feel uncomfortable approaching me well as uh another person uh maybe they just like 
they weren't really my friend. And it, it's a hard balance because I think what really, I mean, again, I love your definition with like how anyone can define a, like what friendship really means because I think you find out who your friends are when times get tough because the people that are there for you when times are really, really tough. I mean, that's how I choose my best friends. I know how you said you consider it an honor to have uh, four people say that you're uh, their best friend. And I'm like, I'm actually pretty similar in that aspect because there's a lot of people that like, oh, you're my friend. I'm like, yeah, cool. But then there's some people I'm like, you're my best friend. And trust me, I'm going to be fighting till the end with you because it's just like you were there when you had no idea I needed it. And it, it was just that impact right there just meant so much to me. So, I mean, I kind of want to keep running with this uh, friendship uh, topic here that we have. And uh, how how do you think you can motivate other friends? Like, how do you get other people, like, surround yourself with a group of people that motivate you to be the best version of yourself? Uh, thank you for sharing your personal experience with me as well. I know cancer treatments or anything involving family can be very sensitive and a very difficult time to share with others, especially when you know, I have only been speaking for 26 minutes. But uh, when I think of friendship, I the first person I think of is my friend Christopher. I've only met him. I met him personally once. We became friends through a Facebook uh, sports group, of all things. But uh, through that group, there have been a lot of great people as well. Uh, around this time last year, one of my uh, friends who lives out in uh, Tucson, Arizona, uh, her one of her parents passed away. And I found out I was down in South South Jersey for the night. And my friend Chris said, hey, uh, Lori's, uh, I can't, can't remember if it was her mom or dad. One of her parents had passed away and said, hey, do you want to do something? And I talked to Chris said, hey, we, I want to do something. And I definitely want to do something for her because Lori's one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. If you find someone nicer, let me know. And then and say, hey, we got a contest here to find who the nicest person is. But um, what we did with Lori was, first, we wanted to donate flowers. We donated flowers. And the problem was we had a lot of money left over for that. So I said, what are we going to do with an extra $300? So a couple of us, I mean, not a couple, I think it was like 12 of us all together. We pinched in and said, hey, nothing, nothing. I never spent $300 on flowers in my life. And I'm not really planning on doing that anytime soon again. So the flowers were sent and where is more money coming in. People were finding out, hey, I found out what you guys are doing with Lori. How can I help? We donated. So I think at the end of the night, uh, Lori is, uh, it's her, her husband and her daughter. So a family of three. And what we did was I found out where she lived. I mean, she lives outside of Tucson. If you ask me what the name of the town is, spoiler, I'm not going to remember. It's some, some little town outside of Tucson. But um. What we did was I found out where she was. I called a restaurant nearby, said, hey, I have $450 to spend on a family of three. I looked at your menu. I told a white lie. I said that my aunt and uncle renewed their vows there a few years ago. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen. I was just trying to uh, you know, have like a little a right meeting with this with the guy saying, hey, maybe they'll give me a discount of all things. So, I mean, spending $450 on a meal for a family of three, hey, do that, alcohol. So we did that. We bought bottles of wine. We bought uh, appetizers. I mean, you name it, we bought it. We had like flaming yon tips. I mean, they they ate the greatest meal they ever had. Clean beret for dessert. I mean, they. I don't think their their refrigerator was uh, full for a few days right there. And uh, my 
that that didn't come from me. That came from my friend Chris. So all all of our ideas were implemented through others, and all all Chris I think was doing was saying, "Hey, Derek, I need a little help. I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it." And I have a background in working for nonprofits, and this is how my mind stimulates. I learned from personal experience that hey, we got to help this person, and we did. And I told Lori, I think like a few like a week prior, I said, "Hey, just let you know this is coming." Do not order dinner on Friday night, whatever you do. So what did she do? She didn't order dinner. All she had to do was uh, pick it up. It was all five minutes away. They had no idea what was coming. She thought it was like something light. When there was a couple of uh, people helping saying, wait, is this all for me? I mean, they I think they drive like an SUV. And when her husband uh, came back, it's like, you're not going to believe what's in this car. And she showed me a picture of it. And I'm like, man, I should have flown out that, that weekend if I was thinking about it. But Lori wanted to be with her family that weekend. They just went through something that is a heartbreaking experience. And for Lori to, you know, how do how do people comfort each other? They come sometimes people comfort with each other with food. So we as her friends, we donated a lot of money. We donated flowers and we made sure that Lori had the best meal because the last thing that anyone wants to do after going through a traumatic experience is cook. So the dinner was on us for that entire weekend. And we love Lori. And we still do it to this day. That's that's awesome story. I mean, you've been sharing great stories and I I love the impact that you are leaving on this world and just the great things that you're doing. And I mean, you mentioned you did a nonprofit as well, but this kind of leads into something that I read recently and it's uh, this one guy, I mean, nothing related at all, but he, I, I want to actually ask you now, uh, what, what would you say that I mean, you've given a lot of your time, your money to people so you could uh, brighten their day, make their lives better. Would you say that you've seen it come back to you? I don't know if I want to come back to me. I never been in any of their circumstances before. I never had brain cancer before. I never lost any of my parents before. Uh, one of the shows that I watched for a while was the show Oz. I mean, talk about a completely different conversation, a whole different show. That was a prison show, but... um. Uh, remember this uh, one episode on Oz, I mean, granted, this is not real. It's a TV show. But uh, one of the inmates, they had a uh, son or a grandson who was uh, battling leukemia. And once again, this is not a real story. However, but uh, what what he wanted, what his son always wanted to do was to go to Disneyland. And that was his last thing he ever wanted to do. And what they did was all the inmates uh, compiled money and they gave it to to. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Rebidow. Uh, Rebidow was the name. Robert Rebidow. I don't remember why I thought that name so quickly. But um, they Rebidow sent that money to his family, and he was able to uh, send the kid over to Disneyland. And that night, uh, one of the uh, – I mean, there's obviously there's going to be some gangsters in uh, prison shows, spoiler alert. And one guy, a young kid, he's probably about 16 or 17, living in an adult prison, he was saying, hey – what if we rob, we rob this guy? We Think about all that money that guy has in his uh, cell right now. And we, the one guy out of D.C., I and mean, this guy is the epitome of the scariest person you ever meet in your life. And he says, no, sometimes it's good to do the right thing. I mean, I do things. I don't, I don't ask for a reward. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I care for my friends. I think friendship is a wonderful, wonderful gift for all of us. And sometimes people don't really know what they have until it's gone. So... When something's taken away from them, people that are left behind said, hey, no matter what you're going through, we're still going to be here at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I like that you uh, put it that way. That was a really good way of putting it. And I think that 
uh, a lot of people will benefit from hearing that and watching that as well. So, I mean, as we're kind of like, I, I think we're looking at time here and beginning to wrap up how I, I, I usually ask this uh, at the beginning of the show, but I, I, I kind of saved it for the end because I want to hear your thoughts. And I think this will be a key point and like really drive the point home. And what would be your single piece of advice that you could give to the world? Great question. Single piece of advice to give to the world. Be ready to help others. It's uh, as my college basketball coach, uh, Cornell Thomas, uh, once said, we are all just renters on this earth. I have an expiration date. I don't know when it is. In a matter of a few minutes, I'm going to be leaving, going home in a little bit. I can get annihilated crossing the street. As you can probably see a little ray of sunshine right underneath my arm right now. But uh, there's a street right over there. I can get I can get annihilated. New Jersey doesn't have the best drivers in the world. I mean, but at the same time, helping others and say, hey, somewhere would happen to me. I know my family would be taken care of. I'm well known in this community. And if somewhere would happen to me and my family, I know I would be taken care of. Would I would I would I ask for that? No. But I know in the goodness of the heart that people that people do care about me and say, hey, hey, something's going on with Derek. We got to take care of him. I know that would happen. And that's what that's what I'm proud about. I have such a great network of so many great people in my life. I can turn this phone on and at any time say, hey, I'm going through a rough time. Who can I call? I can literally close my eyes and pick somebody. And whoever that person is, I can talk to that person. I mean, I have over 330 people in my phone book and every one of those people have value in me. There's not anyone in my phone book that says do not answer. I mean, there's plenty of people are blocked. Those are the telemarketers, but I don't keep them in my phone book. But Every person that's in my life has value, and I'm so appreciative of that. Uh, yeah, I think that's great advice that I think everyone can take to their hearts and make it a part of their lives as well. I think you've said great things today and have shared these uh, wonderful stories that I think are going to touch many lives. So uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, if people want to reach out to you or you know do things uh, like nice things or help because you've obviously had experience organizing these type of things uh what would be the best way to reach out to you and help you organize things like this oh absolutely uh you google my name derek d-e-r-e-k last name pivko p-i-v-k-o i think one of the first things that's going to pop up is my linkedin page i look like i have no hair in the picture it's from my friend derek's wedding out in arizona a few years ago if you look like a guy that looks like he doesn't have any hair that's me that's my profile picture on LinkedIn. You can go on there. And if you find me on Facebook, you're going to see someone who's giving a speech with a microphone. It looks like it doesn't have any hair. That's me as well. So I don't, don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, send me a message so I have an idea of who you are, how you found me, and how I can help as well. I'm happy to help a stranger no matter where they live. Okay, yeah. Thank you uh, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. You've had great things to share. You're very welcome. All right, everyone. Uh that was Derek Pivko. As you can tell, he's a very intelligent person and has great things to say. So take his advice and go help out someone in your community, help someone and make an impact on their lives because you never know what what they are going through or what you're going through. Uh, tune into next week's episode. We have a great guest lined up there as well. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. And we'll be back with you guys next week. Let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. 
you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and there should be a form there for you guys to fill out. Thank you guys again and let's get after it.